FDF Awards. One of the most prestigious nights in the food and drink calendar is online 3rd of February. For details of this and other FDF events, including our online convention, visit our website, fdf.org.uk. FDF, passionate about food and drink. Hi, this is Helen Monday from the Food and Drink Federation, and I have responsibility for environmental and sustainable issues. And I'm joined once again by Sky Eldermans, our sustainability executive. So uh, last time uh, we spoke uh, in the previous podcast about the plastic packaging tax. And you mentioned during that, that there are some other reforms going on. So can you tell us again what those were? There's some other consultations and reform projects going on. So first of all, we have a consultation on consistency in household and business recycling collections in England. There's also work on introducing a deposit return scheme uh, that's referred to sometimes as a DRS in England, Wales and Northern Ireland. And then there's a consultation on reforming the overall UK packaging producer responsibility system. That's that's a lot of uh, different topics kind of along the same theme, but uh, but variations on that theme. Uh, for us and uh, and 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 everyone to get their heads around, I guess. Uh, too much for one discussion today, but can can you tell us more about the first one during this podcast, which I think you said was the consistency in household and business recycling collections in England? That's right. And so this consultation is based on the proposal that wherever you are in England, the same materials will be collected at curbside for recycling. So currently the list of materials to be collected is glass bottles and containers, paper and card, plastic bottles, plastic pots, tubs and trays, and steel and aluminum tins and cans. That's, uh, that's quite a, a long list of things and, and certainly things that uh, we are disposing of almost on a daily basis, uh, I guess. And yeah. over the years, we've become much more familiar than instead of everything going into um, a black black bin or a black bag or whatever, we've uh, learned that we can dispose of these in, in different containers and that, uh, that hopefully things will happen to those that's much more positive than them going to, uh, to landfill. So that's a long list, um, but are those the only materials or are other things being considered as, as well? Well, that's a good question because there is actually a lot of discussion about whether plastic films and flexible plastics should be included in this list. So if you think of the uh, plastic film that goes over your tray of mushrooms, for example, those types of kind of soft, flexible plastics. And at FDF, we think it's it's important that these are listed are included in the list of materials collected in order to keep the system as clear and simple as possible. I've certainly noticed that the list of things that can be recycled seems to be growing, but it's certainly not everything that I uh, dispose of. And 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 those those flexible items are are quite uh, quite heavily used. I, 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 it seems, but I can totally see why because they, you know, they're very um, functional. Uh, I'm sure in terms of the amount of raw material you have to use and energy they're probably um they're probably a good approach um from that that perspective yes they're very they're very light and they're very flexible which makes them an attractive option for 
packages that might not all, like I said, over the thing of mushrooms, um, over a, a tray of meat, over things that aren't actually all exactly the same size, like a box or a tub or something like that. So they're, they are really useful and we want to make sure that they're captured in this system that's being considered. Okay. Um, and why is it important that the same materials be collected for recycling? So that's actually getting to the, the kind of key point of why this is such an important topic. And so currently what you get collected from your household or your business, because this also includes business recycling, is um, and how it gets treated depends on where you live, the so-called postcode lottery, because it's a service provided by your local authority and there's no consistent approach currently. So your local authority may not collect it and deal with it themselves, but they can have contracts with the companies that do. So that's the collection vehicles that will actually go down your street and collect your recycling. So there are 343 different local authorities in England. So we know that while many are continuing to make improvements and to introduce new services, some have actually seen drops in recycling rates and may not collect the full range of materials that can be recycled. So householders want to recycle more, um, but they might be increasingly confused about what can be recycled because like you mentioned, it goes into different bins and you know people are aware um, but they might not be entirely certain of what should go where or how. I mean, most people are not moving from one house to another during uh, during the week, I suppose. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I recently moved and I must admit that it is taking me a while to get uh, get the hang of what to put where. And I'll get the hang of it eventually, I'm sure. But I guess there is a risk that I might put the wrong thing in the in the wrong place. And the stuff that's being returned, I guess, is is not a good thing. And I've certainly gone from having one uh, container that I put everything in to uh, having a, a box that I put some things in and a bag that I put other things in. And interestingly, I, I, um, I now have a food waste collection, which I didn't have before. Although actually I don't need one of those because I've got a wormery <laughs> although the worms are a bit cold at the moment so they don't eat very fast but uh, yeah i mean these the, these are you can you can see that the more consistency uh, there is that the easier it is for us as consumers less time reading the packaging to know mm-hmm. how to, to deal with it more time to read the nutritional information maybe <laughs> uh, uh, but also um the more the councils are doing the same thing, I guess you have that economy of scale, don't you? Exactly, exactly. And if you think of, you know, you're one person, you might be confused, you might be a little bit frustrated. And if material goes into the wrong bag or bin or box, that can cause trouble um, in sorting or the actual recycling process. So, you know, you're one person, but if you imagine that on a national scale, that's a lot of materials that aren't ending up where they're meant to be. Um, whether that's, you know, if they end up in the recycling plant, sorting plant, but they're not actually recyclable or if they end up somewhere else when they should be in the recycling. And and I've noticed that on some packaging, it says whether it can be recycled or not. And I certainly look for that on on the packaging. But sometimes it says check locally. So I'm not always sure what to do. It, It must be really difficult for manufacturers to know what to put on their labels to be as helpful as they can, but not to unintentionally mislead, because without that consistency, you don't know where it's going to be bought and you don't exactly know how to help people, do you? 
Exactly. And like you said, if you don't, you don't know exactly where a product is going to end up, someone might buy it in a shop and then drive to their grandmother's house and then she ends up putting it in the bin or whatever it is. So um, it's the fact that this recycling collection is currently inconsistent um, means that product labeling can't currently say categorically whether something is recycled or not for certain um, products. So that's because there is in fact a big difference between something being recycled and something being recyclable. Hmm. Okay, so for anyone listening who isn't entirely sure about the recycled versus the recyclable, it doesn't seem like many letters different in those words, but I'm guessing you're going to tell me that the meaning is really quite different. Well, it is It is actually an important distinction because if something is recycled, that means that the material is actually collected, sorted and recycled into something else. So you can imagine that as kind of a loop that is active and working. Um, you can link this to this, this concept of a circular economy. You know, it's a loop and things are going around. Whereas if something is recyclable, it means that the material is technically recyclable and that the technology to recycle it into something else exists. So they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but they are different concepts. Okay, so if something is recyclable, why isn't it recycled? (laughs) Well, yes, and ideally, it would be the best case scenario is things that are recyclable get recycled but there are in fact several practical reasons why the material might not actually get recycled so first of all we've kind of alluded to different steps in the process but the first step is sorting so depending on where you live and the contracts the local authority has the sorting facility near you might not have the capacity to separate that material from the other materials in your recycling bags because it is, there is a physical process that involves separating the materials so that they can be dealt with separately. The other um, step is actual recycling. So the recycling plant near you, um, where the material ends up, may not have that specific recycling technology in place because something is technically feasible doesn't mean that they have the machine or the technology or you know the current setup to be able to do that recycling. So those are those steps and then there's also there might not be an end market for recycled material of that type that is to say that no one wants to buy and use that recycled material so even if you did recycle it it wouldn't go anywhere it would sit so it it just doesn't end up being recycled Um, and then the other reason is that there might not be any approved uses for that recycled material so as food and drink manufacturers specifically um, any recycled packaging material that we use has to be approved and safe when used again in contact with food. So there can be specific restrictions depending on how the product is going to be used. That's quite a lot of uh, obstacles that need to be um, overcome. And I can't quite tell if, if it's it's a good news or a bad news situation at the moment. I mean, I thought things being recyclable was a good thing. It is, and it is. And it is important that things are recyclable. And then it's also important that we have the infrastructure in place to actually recycle it and to kind of get both sides, the kind of two concepts that we just discussed, so the recycled and the recyclable. And that's why this 
consultation and this concept of consistent collections is so important. Okay, so we're back to this word consistent again. So, you know, it, it's all very well uh, uh, trying to do the best that you can, but the work on consistent collections has got to help this situation because you'll end up with more of the right stuff across the whole geography to to build the the, the system in the way that it, it needs to, to be built. Exactly. It basically gives us the best possible chance to do the best job with the material. So, you know, having this consistent approach in place can help with several of the issues we've just mentioned, in fact. So products could be labeled more clearly because collection and recycling won't depend on where you are in England. So if a product is put on the market in England, you know whether it will be recycled or not, which means you can have binary labeling systems. So when you check, it won't say check recycle, uh, check locally. It will say recyclable or recycle or don't recycle. So that will be clearer for people in their houses. Um, people will also be more certain of what they can or not, um, which helps any products being left out of recycling. Like I mentioned, we, if things are recyclable, we want them to get in the recycling. Um, it will help any issues in that sorting and treatment process. And it will help um, avoid contamination by non-recyclable products, because if things that are not recyclable get in, they can actually contaminate the recycled material. Uh, and we don't want that either. So overall, um, again, this, this consistent collection system will help more recyclable materials actually get recycled because the supporting infrastructure will all be aligned on the same set of materials. So the collection vehicles, the sorting facilities, the recycling facilities, and then the incorporation of this recycled material into new products. I mean, I, I quite like being told what to do really when it comes to this sort of thing. I don't want to go off and have to check a website to see what my options are. I just want to yes, be told, you want to keep it simple. put it here. <laughs> and, yes. uh, and and tr and you can have a high level of trust that something good is going to come of it when you uh, when you recycle it. And and why is this important uh, to to you and and the Food and Drink Federation and and members? Well, that's that's a good a good question as well. So, for any business that uses packaging, so that definitely includes food and drink manufacturers, but any business really that uses packaging, this is important because the current kind of patchwork inconsistent approach and lower collection rate is actually holding back investment on um, both the sorting facilities and the um, processing capacity for this recycled material. So, you know, as we discussed in our previous podcast, which you mentioned, with the proposed plastic packaging tax, there will be an increased demand for recycled plastic. So it's important for us that this consistent approach increases the quality and quantity of collections um, and therefore make a better business case for investing in the domestic UK facilities to produce more high quality recycled material. It's about making sure that we have the material we want to the recycled material we want to use available and of high quality to us here in the UK. So and specifically for food and drink manufacturers, um, for we need to use um, food grade materials for our packaging. So for a recycled material to be considered food grade, it needs to meet the stringent regulatory requirements in place 
and that means being made from a high quality source material. Depending on the process used, that means generally a very high level, like 95 or 99 percent of the source material is actually also from a food grade. So having a more consistent, transparent, high quality, um, and I use high quality in terms of the materials, the high quality materials being collected means there's more high quality material for us to use in our packaging of the food and drink that people want to see on their shelves. Yeah, I got that. And and I've heard people talk about kind of bottle to bottle recycling, because you don't really want to be collecting stuff. And then, I mean, turning it into t-shirts or uh, garden furniture might be a good thing, but you really want to turn it back into the thing that you started from but that really does need to be very high quality doesn't it and if you think of you know a garden the the example of garden furniture people don't need an infinite amount of garden furniture Uh, (laughs) they only tend they don't buy tend to buy it as often as they might buy a pack of biscuits exactly exactly you want it to be being used where it's useful yeah well that 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 all sounds really uh, really good and and i can see that you would want to um get that quality uh, uh, there. But you mentioned the link back to the plastic tax. Can you just say a little bit more about that? We talked about the plastic packaging tax last time. And just to recap, it's um, the proposal that if your packaging has less than 30% recycled content, you would have to pay a tax on that. So what that means is your want to make sure that your plastic packaging has more 30% or more recycled content in order to avoid the tax. So what you need is access to this recycled content. Um, You need enough of that plastic to be collected and recycled. So this will help move us towards this idea of the circular economy that I mentioned, where materials are used, collected, transformed, and then reused. What we don't want, we're a situation where we don't have enough recycled material, you end up having to pay a tax on the plastic packaging, which could mean that the final product on the store shelf could end up costing more money. Um, and that's even without being sure that the money being raised is used to deliver better environmental incomes, outcomes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've got it. So we need, we need consistent collections. We want to have this circularity to it. We want to be creating as much recycled material um, that can then be put back into the loop and used again. Because I guess in theory, you could just keep using the same plastic over and over again if you have that loop really functioning well. I mean, real circularity to it, which is uh, which is a really good thing. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's uh, that's something that is definitely worth working at but there's clearly some hurdles that need to be overcome and this uh, this consistency I can see is definitely a, a linchpin of that so we'll be uh, responding to that consultation I'm sure and yeah. uh, be in lots of dialogue with our members and other stakeholders um, but clearly there's other things too and maybe we'll come back to those um, at another time but uh yeah maybe for another episode <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for um filling us in on that sky and um yeah i'll talk to you again sometime down the line hopefully thank you join us for the fdf awards online february 3rd 2021 visit our website fdf.org.uk for full details